Good afternoon, everyone, um, and welcome to our final uh, webinar of the series, which is a bit of a sad one. Um, today, we're going to be talking about what happens next. So whether you've been actively job seeking in spite of COVID-19 or you're planning to reboot your job search soon, the final session today will take a look at preparing your applications and interviews to know where to look for your next role. You might be feeling differently about your career direction and aspirations, so now is a perfect time to get prepared and ready for the next step, whatever that might be. This afternoon we'll hear from an expert panel with practical tips on making your CV stand out, how to craft a winning covering letter and what you need to bear in mind pre-interview. We'll also revisit mindsets and how to prepare yourself mentally for a return to the world of work and any career changes you might want to make in the future. So I'm going to pass over to our panel um, to introduce themselves. So Bobby, would you like to start first? Yeah, of course. So my name is Bobby. I'm currently working at Tech Returners. Uh, I focus on talent and engagement, uh, working with the cohorts as well as sponsors that come in and support the cohorts back to return to a tech career. Uh, my background is mainly recruitment and started out in in-house recruitment, went into agency recruitment for the last six years and now I'm supporting real tech returners um, today. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, Thea? Hi, so I'm Thea. I'm the Engagement Director for CodeNation in our Manchester office. Um, it's my job to work with lots of different businesses in and around where new talent through um, the apprenticeship levy and then work with our amazing new developers to help them start their career in the digital sector. Great, thank you. And Sarah? Hi everyone, I'm Sarah Barlow. Um, I'm a head of talent and my background is everything from talent acquisition, being from selection, assessment, interviewing and onboarding employees and then the talent management side which is all around career and um, support, development, skills and capability so many years worth of experience in this field. Brilliant thank you and Matt. Hello yeah I'm Matt Jones I'm the talent and engagement partner here at Tech Returners. Uh, my uh, role is similar to Bobby um, supporting uh, returners um, with their career into tech um, but also our sponsors uh, in uh, working with them to design a, a engagement strategy to bring them on board. Uh, my background 15 years predominantly in uh, IT recruitment um, the last six or so have been building uh, recruitment strategies and employer brands for the likes of Misguided, Bosch, uh, studio retail um, and where my career started in house at response tap with uh, becky that's me thanks brilliant fantastic so i'm sure we've got some regular listeners um on the webinar today but if this is the first time you've tuned into a webinar i just want to share with you in terms of the bit of the format so we've got a number of questions which we're going to pose to our panelists and we're gonna have a conversation about various subjects um, and at the end i'm going to open the virtual floor so if you do have any questions you can pop them in either the q a or chat um, but we won't get to them till the end when we've gone through all the um, further questions that I've got on on my screen at the moment. So I'm going to start off with Bobby. So the job market on the whole has been on a slowdown and we know there's been a number of uh, recruitment freezes but we are seeing a few green shoots as we enter the next phase of the government roadmap to get businesses back to work. We do know that the tech sector is one of those more resilient and um, so I'm wondering what are you expecting to see in the next three or so months around the tech sector? Yeah, of course. So I suppose to start with uh, one of the more obvious points, I do think there'll be a big continuation in flexible working patterns, uh, working patterns that work for, for real people. Many tech positions out there do have the luxury of not being constrained to the average nine to five. They're, they're not as confined to those typical working hours so things can be done outside of that and I think this situation's proved that in abundance that things can be done at different times of the day and um, so yeah I think we'll see a lot more of that now that it can work um, but with that I think handovers and visibility of other people's work will be ever more important um, to make sure that can happen and of course not only working times but location won't be as relevant um, in jobs at the present and, and moving forward it doesn't matter where you can be, working remotely is something that the tech community has, has been shouting for for a long time now, as a lot of developers will say. 
Um, and there's a lot of argument against it, uh, so location won't be a factor. Um, I have also seen quite a lot of investment and funding for tech companies, um, not only new companies coming through, but established brands that are, are branching out in, into a tech arm. Um, so I think that does just show the success of the tech industry, the investment that's going into it, and the opportunities it will be created for both new and existing industries um, and, and different sectors, so more opportunities for job seekers. One reminder that I have been telling myself throughout this whole thing um, in every topic I've discussed is the situation is new. Um, I don't think anybody does know exactly what is going to happen. It, it is unpredictable. So I think with that, one of the key things anyone can do is, is focus on adaptability, on the growth mindset that are already important skills, but I think they'll be ever more important both to show when you are looking for a job but also that employers will be looking for to show people that can adapt, that can expect the unexpected and roll with the punches in these difficult and very different times. And just going back to the point on job speakers as well, I would be interested to see what the market will actually be like as much as there's going to be a lot of opportunities out there. I think there'll be quite a big divide in the types of people that are looking or what their mindset is in looking. And two of those main points for me, I think there'll be a lot of hesitation. Uh, some people will want the certainty, the, the stability, the security of the roles that they're in and they won't be looking to move. But on the flip side, I think a lot of people, whether they've been furloughed or not, will have taken this time apart to focus on, on what's important to them, what their drivers are, what their passions are and where they lie. So I think that will encourage a lot of people to go and pursue different careers, upskill, retrain, whatever it may be, to, to really focus on what's important to them. So the interesting thing for me will be to see if, if it does balance out, if the ever-increasing demand for tech talent is met by the desire for people wanting to pursue what, what they want to pursue. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, and we touched upon it on uh, Tuesday when we were talking about what the future world of work will look like. Yeah. Um, and I don't necessarily agree. We have a huge uh, tech talent skill shortage. Um, as people who hear me speak, I often talk about, but um, a lot of people believe that we do. What you talked about flexibility and obviously location. Yeah. What do you think that's going to have an impact on that sort of tech talent skills shortage as we see it? Um, yeah. So I think in any way it should enable more opportunities because that, that's always been a restricting factor going back to um, my days in recruitment agencies um, one thing hiring managers object to is if somebody doesn't live within five miles of the office um, and I think with that not being another barrier now it can only enable more opportunities um, of course it, there's, there's definitely benefits to seeing people face to face especially when you're starting out in a team and um, seeing people how they work and operate face to face is a benefit but I think a lot of people will realize it's not as important and, and again it should enable more opportunities. Yeah, totally agree on that. I think I do remember in, in the old days of uh, when I was in recruitment a long, long, long time ago, um, too many years to mention, uh, <laughs> um, that uh, it was that whole criteria, that box ticking, if you didn't live yeah. commutable distance to the office, it's almost like you were screened straight out. It was like no, no even question around it, no going past that first line. It was sort of like your CVs out window sort of thing. And I do think, yeah, we've definitely, obviously we have moved on, but we'll probably move on even more i'm interested to see how many organizations are going to recruit outside the area that they've got an office so will london look at manchester manchester look at london and obviously other districts as well it'd be interesting to see what happens over the next few months there yeah absolutely and i think as well with with regards to the, the criteria that that is usually in place and um, i think that will be eradicated a lot with people seeing into people's normal lives and realizing how real people are Mm. a lot more facts will be considered so that it's not just a, the standard box ticking like you said yeah definitely another point you mentioned um which is a great point one again um we talk about a lot around the growth mindset adaptability we are we are going through challenging times um, and people might be actively job seeking at the moment and getting those knockbacks um, and maybe not even getting through the door at the moment how can people maintain that, that 
positive mindset as well as you know we're going through a pandemic and you know a terrible situation that's happening you might find yourself in in an area where you are job, job searching and those constant not have you got any tips or advice or things you've learned throughout your career to help people keep maintain that positive mindset um yeah of course so i think one thing that uh, anyone will say throughout, throughout all, all job searching is you, you, well, you can't take to heart the, the knockbacks. I did see a post the other day. Um, I can't remember who it was and it's kicking me that, that I can't remember his name, but someone put a post up to say that they'd made 100 applications, they'd only had 10 interviews, and in the end, they got one offer. That offer was from Google. Um, and I think that does to speak volumes of something that I've preached throughout my whole recruitment career of when you do get the knockbacks, when you do get the, the refusals for whatever reason, sometimes it just isn't meant to be, um, but you do just need to keep your head held high and keep moving forward. Going right back to days when I was in, in customer service, um, one thing I've always said is you have to treat each opportunity for that opportunity in itself and not what was previously happened. You can't let precedents and predictions of what you think will happen affect what could happen. Um, so it's just about, yeah, even though it's easier said than done, it's having that positive mindset to keep moving forward and keep evaluating each opportunity on, on its own merits instead of what's happened previously. Um, and the right opportunity will come, al come along for you every time. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> I read, I read a, a similar post this morning, actually, about when, what was the, you know, the biggest challenge and it was all around jobs that you didn't get. And I always remember <clears throat> one job I didn't get, I really wanted, it was when I was moving internally um, into head of HR role, first one that I went for. I can't remember the company name, but I always remember going through the interview, got down to the final two and I didn't get it. And it really sort of knocked me back for six. Um, and it took me a long time to then sort of really digest that feedback and feedback's really important. Um, and I know something that we talk about are getting that feedback, but making sure it's constructive feedback and then working that through to learn from that. And I think one of the biggest points that I took from that feedback was, yeah, I performed very well, but where I was missing in my gap was that commerciality of, of being that business this partner from a HR point of view and then that's something that I really focused on and then developed that going into my my next role and um, my next yeah. interview so um, that whole growth mindset and understanding the probably first 24 hours you're going to be that emotional sort of why why not me you know I can't believe this happened to me everything's not fair that is normal that's normal and accepting it it's having that mindset to go right okay what can I learn from that experience have you, yeah. have you, I know from you've probably dealt with a lot of candidates probably going through that and probably questioning you going, I know I'm maybe blaming you. It's, not, it's yeah, your yeah. fault that they've not got that. Um, any other input around those areas? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's something that I suppose, yeah, I don't know why I completely overlooked that one. Uh, going back to agency recruitment um, is a daily struggle, to be honest, of the not getting feedback and encouraging why feedback is so crucial. Um, I have had it quite a few times where, like you say, someone has said, why is it? Why have I not got the job? It is the emotional response. What did they do better than me? Um, rather than focusing on themselves and moving forward with that positive attitude that does get you the next opportunity. Um, to be honest, I've been quite fortunate in that I've, I don't think I've let it affect myself too much to be in that situation, um, which does sound a little bit naive. Um, but yeah, I suppose I've not got too many personal experiences out of it myself, but I've dealt with it quite a lot um, with coaching other people through that process, which I think has helped me because I have dealt with rejection a couple of times for jobs that I thought were absolutely perfect when I've read them, but I've not got them, took it on the chin, took the feedback on board and, and moved forward with it. Yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah, some great advice there. Um, just moving on uh, to yourself, Thea, um, and like yourselves, um, Code Nation, uh, we're in the same same sort of sector of enabling people into tech careers. What's been your experience of the market in the past few weeks? Um, and are you seeing a change for the positive in terms of more active recruitment around your apprenticeships? Yeah, I mean, I think so much has changed in the last few weeks, but I can see some positive changes in terms of the way that we recruit, um, the way that we work. And I think what the new world of hiring, hiring talent looks like, um, I think particularly around the way that we recruit, um, so suddenly the face-to-face -face meeting is no longer uh, possible, which I think is really challenging for employers and potential employees because 
face-to-face meeting offers a sort of level of reassurance you kind of you know that gut feeling you get that you're like yeah this is a person I want to work for this is the culture this is the right business so automatically that's all gone um the businesses have really had to adapt and, and really quickly because I think there are industries that are thriving in COVID-19 possibly now more than ever so if you think of health tech education tech anything to do with broadband connectivity which means that they can't store on their recruitment um, plans and if anything, they've had to accelerate them. So I'm just thinking of an example. So Code Nation, we were working with ThoughtTalk um, and we've been speaking to them since December last year. They wanted to grow a new pipeline of talent um, and they had some unspent apprenticeship levy. So the idea was that they were gonna take 10 to 12 apprentices in March, 2020. And we've been on a real journey with them. So it was about understanding their culture, understanding who's gonna be the best fit for them, what does that amazing recruitment process look like? What does that amazing onboarding process look like? And then suddenly overnight, the world changed. <laughs> and that amazing process that we put together just didn't exist anymore. So we had to adapt really quickly and, and, and we just had to put everything online. Um, so we went to virtual interviews. And I think there were some initial concerns that they wouldn't get the same experience and they would lose something. Um, but we had some amazing feedback. So great feedback on the high caliber of the diverse talent, the smooth process, and actually how accessible um, the whole process was. So all of the managers could be on the interviews because it wasn't dependent on location, which meant that they can make decisions really quickly. Um, and they were able to offer 12 of the 18 junior developers that were interviewed within 24 hours. That's great. <laughs> I that was amazing. Yeah, I've always followed the journey. Um, she put doing some posts on uh, LinkedIn um, around it. And I just thought it was because it was like one of the the first ones that we actually saw around companies and really embracing the whole virtual yeah. um, assessment. Well, the ones I was privy to as well. So talking a little bit more about that virtual sort of interview, obviously, like you said, doing face-to-face versus um, virtual is very different. It's very different to engage someone. It's difficult to engage someone over the phone. And then you've got video played into that and how, you know, where you look and your mannerisms, etc. So what sort of advice did you give your apprenticeships when they were going through that process? So for us, it was all about prep. So it was, we did um, interviews in virtual interviews with them got them used to talking online did some some group sessions with them as well because actually that skill now is what they're going to need to in the new virtual world that we that we live in so it's all about supporting them and and prepping them and 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 practicing that with them and it worked really well yeah and your point about the assessors so we've just uh had uh, the BBC go through their assessment virtually with, with oh, one of our cohorts and then um, they came back and it, it blew me away they had they were able to involve 56 assessors and um, assessing 16 people which is absolutely amazing it wouldn't happen in a face-to-face world but because so many people wanted to understand the level of talent that we had coming through when we're coming into the BBC it was just amazing that they were able to get them all all on that assessment and it was only like a a short period of time but because of the virtual reality sort of sessions that other so many people could join them and actually then see what's going on I think it's amazing like you said that you know to for 20 you know three sorry for 12 people to get through that process within 24 hours that just probably wouldn't happen you know in a if I quote it normal world so yeah it's it's really amazing to see is there any other changes that you're, you're seeing with any other employers around how they're looking to recruit going forward? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of the whole way that we work now has changed, hasn't it? So Zooms, Hangouts, team meetings, that's a, that's a daily occurrence. So everything's moved online. Um, I was talking about, so I know we were talking earlier about um, Dave Ego from AO.com. He came and did his enrichment session. And actually, he was talking about how he's moving everyone online and to remote working. So they've got 3,000 employees, which logistically, that's a huge challenge, isn't it? How do you move 3,000 people online to remote working? A tech team can probably adapt quite quickly because they already have laptops, they already have Slack. What do you do with a sales team or a contact centre team? How do you move them online and how do you kind of maintain that that culture? Because that's absolutely integral to their, their success. 
And I think it's, it's really important to remember that the work from home now, it's not the work from home that we know. It's not, the, oh, I just need to stay at home because someone's come around to do my boiler or whatever. It's enforced. And, and with that, it brings a lot, a lot more challenges. So kind of echoing what, what Bobby was saying, there's, I think there's positives from that is that there's a lot more flexibility around um, working hours and working, working, well, working from home, obviously. But if you've got three kids, there's no way you're going to be able to work nine till five. It just doesn't work. So that, there has to be a lot more flexibility around that. And I think trusting in your teams as well, that, that, that they're more, they will be productive. Um, but you have kind of lost that sort of collaboration and that sharing of successes. So I think there's that old school view of what working from home was. So if you work from home, you're having a day off and you're not really working that hard. I think that's kind of diminishing slightly. And there's kind of new ways of collaborating. And I think from that, there's, there's new ways of recruiting and onboarding and, and it has to be virtual, doesn't it? So virtual team, we, we call them coffee and quarantines, but so you have to, you just like kind of dip in twice a day, 15 minutes. Um, but just to come and meet some of your team members that you're not actually seeing and not collaborating with on a, on a, a daily basis. And we're really vocal on things like WhatsApp and Slack. So that, that I think that's used a lot more as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And have you caught up with your, your 12? Are they all now within TalkTalk, Talk, working in TalkTalk? Talk? So they, with our process, you do, you, they, you're employed and then you'll come to, to us for 12 weeks and we train them. Um, so they are probably three or four weeks into their their boot camp at the minute right okay have you got any apprenticeships that have gone remotely into employers yeah. pop up how are they how are they finding the whole working remote because we're experienced you know we've had you know a number of years within the tech industry and in that challenge and transition was difficult enough for, for established businesses or established employers employees in businesses how are they finding that transition yeah, so actually I caught up with a few of them yesterday. So we had a course that finished about two weeks ago. And obviously half of that course then would have suddenly got into the virtual world and, and got into the virtual learning environment. And then they've got into a virtual onboarding process. Um, just a cat there, sorry. <laughs> Cats, <laughs> but, children. Um, <laughs> but I think they're dealing with it really well. Um, and I think the, the companies that we're working with, they've been really supportive and really conscious that it is hard to join a business in the virtual world. Um, but yeah, I think, it, I think it's going well. Oh, brilliant. Really positive to hear. It's, it's great. I love to hear success stories about how it's yeah. worked and things like that. That's brilliant. Thank you. Moving on to yourself, Sarah. Um, we've seen an almighty massive and rapid change in the shape of many people's career in the space of less than 12 weeks um, from furlough to redundancy to working from home um, and as a result you know people are questioning so what does that mean for me and what's next and they might be considering a change whether that's planning next steps in their career or career um, different directions or applying for new roles what advice would you give to people that are coming out of lockdown and wanting to make a career change? Where should they start? Start, sorry. Yeah, I think it's really important that you take that time to think about what you want rather than jumping in and thinking, right, I'll go off and do something that you thought that you might fancy. So definitely sit and take that time initially and bounce off friends to think around what is it that you really want? So what's important to you? What will really motivate you? what are your values? That's so important to spend that time. And whether it's, I've done it where you get a big blank sheet of paper and then I've bounced off, you know, family members and friends to, to talk that through really and get to the point that you've highlighted three or five max things that's really, really important to you. And then I would then start to look at what are those skills and strengths that you've got? So start to think, right, what are all the skills that I can bring to a business? and then looking at what your key strengths are. So really trying to set that sort of scene for yourself to think, well, I've got all these amazing skills, but these are my real super strengths that I absolutely know that I can bring to a business. But they're also the things I want to keep doing because you might be great at something, but it might not be something that you want to continue to do. So having that time to really understand what are your key motivators, what's really important, what your key skills are that you want to focus on and really where you want to see your career so 
yes, obviously things are a little bit difficult for people at the moment with uncertainty. We don't know what it's going to feel like when whatever normality might be like, but you know, down to you personally, what do you want in the next six to 12 months in your career? And what does that feel like? But then where also are you wanting in the next three years? Because for me, that will help you when you're sat in front of that future employee or when you're starting to look for jobs, you know, to think those are the things that I'm really after and that company's seeming to display those things that I want. So then you can then start on that journey. So definitely I'd say take the time, don't rush it and make sure that you're clear as to what you want. Yeah, that's, that's really good advice that. How do you think, so I'm going to ask you, put your HR recruitment hat yeah. on and, you know, we're, we're moving out of furlough or people are being made redundant. Um, a challenge we sort of uh, face all the time around talking about people with career breaks. So mm. however long, whether that's going to be like six months or six years now, and we're hoping from, from our business perspective, we might have more empathy. Um, in yeah. terms of what we do, because I think a lot more people are going to go through that and actually appreciate, yeah. you know, of the, the transferable skills that you've got. Mm. What, what should people be demonstrating when going into those interviews around what they've learned or what they've done or what can they do while they're on that period of maybe furlough or um, looking for a new job to help them sell themselves? Yeah. You know, if you were on the other side in terms of interviewing them, what sort of advice would you give them? I would definitely say when they know what they want to do and where they want to head is to then think of those things that you can be doing to upskill while you're off at the moment. So this, I mean, we're so lucky. There's so much available online. There's so many virtual events and networks and groups that you can sort of join and grow. So I think don't, don't knock that those things count and those small and anything that you can do to volunteer to home in those skills. I think that's really, really important. It's something I spoke to a lot before with um, people who took career breaks or students, you know, to look at basically look to volunteer, look to give up some of your time, but also the things that you might be doing now, whether it's helping out with family or whether it's helping out with neighbors or getting involved in supporting friends, family, there'll be skills that you're using. So like the empathy, the emotional intelligence, the whole sort of supporting your confidence and, I think the more that you can do that and not be hard on yourself so recognize I'm doing these things. I've done some great things, but definitely be, I would say be prepared. So if somebody said to me, so I would always ask one interview, what have you been doing during that period of time that you've been off? I think be prepared, be concise what you've done, but what you've learned and what you've achieved from that period. So don't be afraid to think, Oh, they're going to question me what I've been doing and, that's really bad because I haven't been working. I think you definitely need to just be very confident and recognize that you've decided to take that break or unfortunately people now might not have decided to take that break, but do what you can to control that time and be prepared to answer that question, what you've been doing um, during that time. Yeah, definitely. And a lot of us, can actually say we've been teachers during that time and the <laughs> whole too. amount of transferable <laughs> skills that that is a, a quick me for you know, if I ever but hopefully not have I to go like for an you, interview <laughs> and I think like if you can't I it'd be interesting isn't it because I think people will ask businesses what they've done to support their employees during um this period of time during lockdown but at the same time I'd be asking someone well how have you approached it so for example have you been made redundant or you've been on furlough what have you done and I think you just need to be really honest. You know, there would have been bad days, bad weeks, periods, but there'll definitely be some highs of what you've achieved in that time. So even now, if nothing else, just start at the end of each day writing down two or three great things you've achieved. And it could just be as simple that you did your daily exercise or you picked up your phone to friend or family. But I think that's really important so that you've you've got that so you're not losing your confidence. Yeah, definitely. And um, we've had many a chats around confidence and our good <laughs> yeah. old topic of uh, NLP and yeah. um, <laughs> got a lot in common in that area. Is there anything um, that you've learned through that that's maybe helped you out or you've supported others? I know that you're doing actively doing coaching and mentoring yeah. Um, yeah. during this period of time with others, which is absolutely amazing. Um, is there any like advice around that mindset piece that you could pro uh, possibly could give people? Yeah, I think it's definitely focusing on the positive things rather than I can't do this. It's very much about focusing on what you can and behaviours that you can personally control and want to change. So you might have something that you think I want to be more confident. So it's using 
the time and the way that that can work is to start thinking, well, when was that experience that I was more confident to take the time to think of that? What was all the emotions attached to that? What did it look like? What did it feel like? And then take that forward. So, you know, rehearse that interview or rehearse, imagine going in, walking into that building for the first time where you're going to go walk through and you're going to have your interview. Remember that confidence that you had back six months, two months, two weeks ago and really heighten that emotion. So I definitely think it is about being kind, using that chance to look at your behaviors that you want to change and starting to adapt some of those into place by either rehearsing them or imagining what you would be like. So I always did when I first started um, doing guest talks at universities and it'd be like, I'm gonna imagine myself being really confident and imagine the audience is really engaged and, and it is taking that moment to just rehearse that that time and yeah deep, big deep breaths <laughs> deep <laughs> breaths and lots of smiles so it's definitely needed when you're you know thinking that way so yeah I'm hoping that there's a number of our returners and hopefully students that we are co-nation on that that have taken that advice so we've got uh, 15 going for interviews for auto trader next week so I'm hoping they're listening <laughs> um, and listen to that visualization and um, we yeah. talk about it but it's always good to hear from other people around but yeah, yeah I do agree remember then that time and that whole sort of confidence it's even your posture isn't it you yeah. know from from it from my understanding and um, you've got a lot more understanding in NLP than I have but I'm in the process of learning around looking up you know yeah. that straight posture can just make such a difference um obviously be virtual interviews but yeah sitting upright you know getting yourself dressed so you feel like you're actually making an effort and things like that sometimes it's so easy especially there's no um, there's no um distinction between work home at the moment yeah. just making some small changes like that we even said about going walking around the block yeah. um before an interview or for a meeting because i think fresh air you know you know we're very lucky at the moment vitamin d you know we can't yeah. really say that in manchester <laughs> quite a lot but we've got an awful lot of it in the moment so things like that can really help yeah. and really impact your your uh, mindset and that yeah i think it is it's really important and you're right i think if you take that time like you said before 10 minutes before you're about to go on a virtual interview now you know just pitch yourself and like you said look at your posture like you said take that moment to think i'm going to be great at this i'm going to do the best i can because that's all you can do going back to where you said before, you know, knockbacks, as long as you've done the best that you can at that time, that's all that you can do. And like you said, ask for that feedback, etc. But, you know, just make sure that you give it the time and energy that you need to give it, you know, the importance of that interview, or as you said, being prepared. It's yeah. really, really important. But yeah, definitely get your space sort out. And like you said, all the whole body language and getting, you know, just feel good about yourself. Absolutely. You've got to. Yeah, that's a really interesting one on time um, and probably one that I've not thought about until you mentioned that because sometimes I bet it's quite easy to say, oh, I know I do it, I've got a meeting or I'm literally on the minutes, rushing to another room, put the laptop, yeah. etc. But actually, you know, you should be more prepared as though like you're walking to a meeting yeah. so you've got that time to get there waiting reception etc that whole um doing that process again for an interview making sure yeah. you you prep up ready you know take that you know 15 minute time to sit mm. there calm your nerves etc because sometimes we can we're rushing so we're, we're trying to juggle so much at the moment just taking that time to make sure we're fully prepared I think it is it's the simple things isn't it and that's often even at interview mm. when we do end up face to face it is that like I said being prepared being set up having your laptop or your iPhone charged or however you're doing that phone off telling all the family and trying to tell the dog not to bark you know so it's it is it's so that you're in that place because there's nothing worse you just arrive and you're like say surprise that your interviewee or the employee's already there ready for you and you're like oh I didn't think that so as you said just having that time and that space and that's why it's important that you if you have any control over the timing of when you can have an interview make sure that you've got that support if you've got distractions at home so you know hopefully employers are being a lot more flexible as mm. to when they'll interview and accommodate people during this yeah. time yeah definitely fingers crossed yeah. well, we are hearing those positive positivities on the people that we've had throughout this webinar so yes I'm, I'm sure that'll be filtering down so moving on to yourself Matt so yep. for those individuals ready to make that change or take the next step in their career 
what practical steps would you advise that they put in place to help them take control of their career journey and any sort of resources that you can recommend to our listeners? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I guess the beginning point is if you are going to be looking to leave uh, a role or a company is make sure that it's thought through and it's not a rash decision. Uh, many times seen people um, kind of come back to companies or want to come back because they've made the wrong decision. Um, the grass isn't always greener. So really make sure you think through the decisions as to why you want to look for a new job. There can be many reasons, um, lack of career progression, uh, money is a big important one, uh, culture, I would say location, but <laughs> location's not that important anymore. But one of the things to think through um, before you make the decision, career progression, what is it that you're looking for? And is it actually available within the business even before you start um, thinking about leaving? So check with HR, your learning and development teams, and even sit down with your manager to look at a development plan. And if that's not there, then you know you need to look elsewhere. If it's down to money, remember uh, money um, isn't always the most important thing. And especially if you go looking for a new job, um, when location is important, that location could change, the benefits could change and the working hours could change. So potentially you could be worse off um, and you won't necessarily know all of that until the very end. So make sure again, you think back to what is important. And then culture, um, every business is completely different. Um, every business is going through change. Um, culture at the moment, I mean, culture's my kind of four walls in, in, in the office at home and it's a virtual culture uh, with the team. So um, every business is very, very different in that that aspect so definitely sit back um, and have a think about what is really important and what's your purpose not about all of the things that a business wants what's your purpose in life what's your goal in your career um, as Sarah mentioned actually before um, make a list of what's important to you uh, time and time again I've seen candidates think they know what they want they go through the process they get to the very end and it's not actually what they want or they've had other people outside of their initial network trying to influence for their own gain. Um, so really stick to what is important to you. And obviously now with many parents being teachers and working, it's having that flexibility. Um, so check, keep that list to one side um, and keep focusing on that. Um, then in terms of going forward uh, and looking for a role, um, research, research, research. Um, the world has changed massively. Um, make sure you do your due diligence. That's easy to say for some. Um, and use all of the tools that's actually out there uh, in the markets. I mean, you've got your standard Glassdoor, you've got your Indeed, your LinkedIn, and obviously the career pages, but don't just stop there. Um, take a look to see what the company is actually talking about what they invest in what's important to them um, make sure you've got the same passions so if you're going to take that leap forward or you're going to potentially enter a new role if you're not currently in one you want to make sure you've got that longevity with that business so you need to make sure that the passions um, and the beliefs are aligned and then i guess finally um, as sarah mentioned talk to your friends and family no one will know you better than the people around you. Talk to them about why you might think of leaving a business or you might want to join a new one. Always the best way to seek advice before making those decisions. Yeah, some great advice there. I love the one around um, the research piece because I've seen so many quotes and so many people talk about how companies will have acted during COVID-19. People will remember those. So especially if you are job searching have a look about what they're doing what they're doing with the teams what they're doing with the customers because it's those sorts of organizations that have treated everyone with that respect and that, that those are the ones that you want to go and work for and explore yeah no absolutely further. We had a, uh, a lightning talk earlier on today for our returners, and um, I won't name the company mentioned, um, but there's a very big business that recently landed in Manchester, and um, on the lightning talk, it was mentioned that they're no longer providing feedback to candidates um, that are unsuccessful um, in the interview process, which uh, if you're not successful, you need to understand why it's a learning curve. And we say to our returners as a part of their career readiness is always seek to understand um, why you didn't get the role. Because if you don't know, 
what you're doing wrong, you're never going to be able to improve that. Mm -hmm. So for a business of that kind of elite stature, refusing or, or no longer considering that to be important, that would be a real big concern. Mm -hmm. So check out what is the, the noise in the background, see what's actually happening with the businesses, because on the front, they could have the most incredible name in the world, but actually behind the scenes, it may not be that glorious. Yeah, definitely. Just touching upon um, one of your points around culture. Yeah. Like you said, culture is obviously a, a different, difficult one now to obviously understand them a little bit more. What What could people do to find out what that culture is like now from that organisation working remotely? I guess it's going through the um, application and interview process to understand exactly what support is on offer. Um, I think it was Thea mentioned they do uh, quarantine and coffee, um, 15 minutes a day. If you're not getting that level of support, then why would you go there? So we would be asking those questions in terms of, is there a daily stand-up? Is there a weekly team meeting? Um, what support is actually in place? I mean, we do our stand-up so we know how everybody is in the morning and we have regular conversations throughout the day. So yeah, what they've got uh, to support. Um, are there additional engagement things? I mean, quizzes and bingo. Can't wait to never say those two words again. Um, but what initiatives have they got to support you in your job, but to support also you um, from a health perspective, mental health, all of those different elements. Um, mental health is a massive thing at the moment and it's become even bigger um, and it's a conversation that comes up every time. So it's making sure that the business have got those support structures in place, um, that you've got a manager that actually cares. Um, a neighbour of mine and, and, and a friend um, was furloughed, um, worked for this business for, for many, many, many years and has yet to have received a single phone call from their line manager since being furloughed. Nothing. No text messages, no emails, no nothing. Um, and I just can't imagine ever wanting to work for a line manager that has got zero interest in the mental health um, or care of their uh, employees. Yeah, totally agree. I think, again, another crossover of topic, what we were talking about on uh, Tuesday, talking about mental health and surprisingly why it's just popped up all of a sudden as such an important topic for organisations when it should have been a you know, topic that we frequently talk about. And I'm on a HR Leaders Roundtable um, next Tuesday talking about that and sharing best practice, what um, organisations have done. Had a conversation uh, with a mentee, a, um, a head of HR mentee this morning, talking about you know sign, how to signpost people as well. So obviously there's things that you can't, you know, necessarily all the support you can give from from a personal perspective, but you can definitely do in terms of signposting, having those resources there and, you know, um, support them in, in various ways. So things yeah. like that, I totally agree, are really, really important, especially as we continue to go forward, because we don't know what the future is going to look like and how long we're going to be remote, etc. Yeah, no, absolutely. Brilliant. Um, any other resources or um, where people could look for any, where would you go to if you were looking at career changing, you know, websites, any areas that you could look? Yeah, I mean, um, as mentioned, um, Glassdoor is yeah. great. Um, you've got to take certain things with a pinch of salt, um, unfortunately, on review sites, TripAdvisor, Glassdoor, um, they're kind of um, same but yeah there's a lot of businesses are really investing within um, their online brand um, and if you go to the likes of Auto Trader um, they've got a complete hub focused on everything to do with their culture um, there's a lot of um, employee led content on there instead of employer led content so instead of it being forced it's actually original um, there's also meetups, um, some fantastic meetups have gone virtual now um, where you can go um, and meet up with individuals and understand what's happening within the industry. If you're new to tech, like a lot of our returners um, and apprentices from, from Code Nation, um, they're great places to go and learn about what type of businesses are doing what, um, who's offering what type of career uh, roles, um, uh, cultures, all of those different things. And yeah, I guess it's just searching the news just to see exactly what's happening um, and what type of business you'd want to work for. 
Yeah, brilliant. Well, and one to add in terms of network, you know, there's yep. so many people out there willing to support you yep. um, in, in terms of just, you know, um, people are more open than ever um, around having those conversations or you've got a question, um, engage with them um, just ask, you know, ask if you can have a quick coffee with them you know people are really open and um, likewise like with cvs if you're wanting to get advice on your cv there's many of experts i know our team have offered advice and support and i'm sure um Thea and your team you've probably done that as well um just around you know supporting anyone however we possibly can as well yeah no absolutely we did a, a lightning talk a couple of weeks ago and um the uh, lady on there mentioned reaching out um for mentors um people that can offer advice they've been there they've done that um and they can be there as a sounding board um you've obviously got your friends and family but it's good to build up that network of um, industry experts that can advise you moving forward as well yeah and if anyone's interested in anything like that there's a great book called i think it's just called the personal boardroom um which gets you to look at your network and people that you can go to for different areas of advice and things like that so it's a great book if anyone's interested in expanding the network around that so i'm going to open up the virtual floor and um, so if you do have a question please pop in the chat or pop in the q a um, and i'll give people a minute or so to type those in and while i do um just a couple of things from me um so as part of the uh, series of webinars that we've done, we were kindly donated a um, number of tickets from We Are Tech City um, virtual conference, which is happening in June. And so each uh, webinar, we've been giving away one free ticket. Um, and today's winner is Kaylee Bowker from CDL. So Kaylee, if you want to drop us a message, I will obviously drop you an email um, if you don't get in touch. Um, but to claim your free tickets, I think they're worth over over £100. So um, great day and um, loads of amazing talks and speakers um, and, and run by a fantastic um, woman called Vanessa. Um, so yeah, please claim your tickets. Also, this is our last um, webinar. But we have built um, a resources hub. So all the resources that our fantastic panellists have discussed, mentioned an additional follow-up, we popped on a resource hub. So with the follow-up email that you'll get out, you'll get a link to that. So you'll have access to all those resources. And we've actually, amazingly, Natalie, very frantically this morning, has put together a podcast series of all the um, webinars that we've done which is absolutely amazing so if you have missed any um, you can go to the again the link that will be sent out to you um, and I think the links are going in the chat as well um, uh, and you can catch up um, on any of the topics that you might have missed so thank you so we've got a couple of questions panelists um, any tips about video interviews for example, the gaps in speaking can seem very long. And how do you get over uh, trying to fill them unnecessarily? Anyone would like to input onto that? Uh, yeah, can do. Um, so in terms of uh, video interviewing, um, I guess to start off with is making sure of what your surroundings are um, and kind of what you're wearing. Um, but it goes back to the research piece. So when you kind of come onto a video call, um, looking at who you're interviewing with, um, uh, researching them on LinkedIn, um, you can build up that rapport by um, talking about their previous career, um, kind of um, interests and all of those different things. Um, I guess it's having a list of questions ready. So if there is any silence, um, you can kind of go forward and say, I've got a question for yourself. So you always want to make sure an interview is two way. Um, it should never be just one way led. It's very much conversational. So whilst they're going to be asking you a, a series of questions, make sure you've got your own. Um, that would be my set. My my bit is that preparation piece. Anyone else would like to? Uh, yeah, I think just to add um, to that. So you're right, Matt. For those points, I think just be aware what might feel like a second or two might feel like so long, but it it won't be. So you know, it could be that the interviewer is just gathering their thoughts, looking at their next question. So be careful not to be very quick to jump in and fill the time, and before you know it, you've ended up waffling away and actually you know not giving that great impression so and definitely like that said having those 
additional questions ready but just be confident and even take a big deep breath yourself have a drink of water so that way you're not trying to fill the gaps with just any old talk yeah, I think I'd agree with that, Sarah. It's, it's about getting that balance, isn't it? And actually some silences are okay. It's not necessary to fill every single one. And preparation, 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 practice with your friends, family, doing uh, video calls and, and practicing the, the answers to questions. I think that's a top tip for me. I think Thank just you. coming back to, um, sorry, Becky, the, um, uh, the, the conference piece, uh, naturally you look further down the screen than where the camera is because you're talking to the face. So normally you look at somebody and you're talking to them. So I'm looking at Bobby, but Bobby's down here where actually he should be up here. So it's making sure that you're actually talking to that little dot and trying not to look at the individuals below. Um, also trying not to use the Zoom backgrounds, as funny as it might be, pretending to be Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in some grass um, or walking across uh, a bridge. It's actually really quite distracting. Um, just try and have a, a normal kind of environment behind you. Um, and obviously try not to have the distractions. Um, thankfully, as everyone else is talking um, and I was muted, my neighbour started playing the bass. Um, so do try and make sure that you're in the right environment that you can control. Brilliant, thank you for that. Um, does, does anyone have any tips for people who are under time pressure to find a new job? Uh, for example, in the next two to three months, where to focus their efforts to improve their chances of success? Bobby, would you have any advice from your recruitment? Um, yeah, days? I mean, it's, I suppose it's easy said than done, but the first thing I would say um, that's been mentioned a couple of times is don't make a rash decision. Even when it does feel like the time is pressing against you, um, it is important not to make a quick decision that... Could, could create more time in the long run and could put you in a worse situation if you're really not enjoying the role. Um, but I would say going back to other things that I've mentioned as well, the resilience part is key. Um, when you If you do get a rejection, um, it can easily knock your confidence, but that can also waste a little bit of time in your searches. Um, obviously, if you take things to heart rather than the value they are, um, it could add on 30 minutes, an hour, a couple of hours in just thinking about how bad you feel rather than what actually happened to move forward with it. Um, so yeah, I suppose that, that would be the second tip. And um, and thirdly, I'd say explore all, all opportunities, um, not just by looking on one job board, but multiple job boards and um, checking LinkedIn. Not only that, have a think about um, what companies you do like working for and what companies you like the sound for. Have a look on their company page. Um, they may not have posted an advert, but they may have put up a LinkedIn post, a Facebook post. Um, so it's just about yeah, exploring additional options. You, you will find something somewhere. And obviously reaching out to people. If there's a company that you like, reach out to that company and say, I like you because of this, this and this. And if it's genuine, there's an opportunity there. It could open a door that you didn't even realize was there. Yeah, I definitely agree with those tips. I think network um, is really important. So building that network, asking, you know, asking people to maybe they, they might know of someone so you can drop people messages seeing if you're looking for this. Have you heard of any opportunities? They might not themselves, but then they might pass you on to somebody else um, and building that sort of bridge from one to maybe four people removed can actually help and you end up finding. Um, like Sarah said, those events, just having your name in those events. Um, a lot of the events, like the Women in Tech events that I run, have um, a feature where people talk about job opportunities so that's not something that you would necessarily um, presume of actually finding the career um, opportunities but they do do announcements so events and also networking events so meeting people again um, and bridging out sort of those relationships with other people anyone else want to um, there are a couple of uh, useful tools um, for trying to uncover jobs that um, aren't necessarily published everywhere. Um, bearing in mind a lot of budgeted budgets um, are kind of being um, tightened at the moment. Not a lot of businesses will advertise on job boards that are quite expensive. So there is, um, if you search um, Google for Boolean search, um, a Boolean search enables you to kind of search different websites or different file formats and various different things. So you can actually find uh, jobs just listed on company websites. Um, but going back as well to that uh, network piece, think about the companies you've worked at before or the people you were at university with, where are they now? 
you've got on with them, you've built a relationship with them. Um, reach out to that kind of historic network that you might have had. Um, Becky and I worked together. Becky was my manager many, many moons ago, and it's come full circle because of the network that we kind of kept. Um, so don't just focus on the network of people you don't know on LinkedIn and the people that you don't know at events, but also the people you've worked with. So two tips. Um, for the person that talked about video interviewing, um, Natalie's um, put a link to a blog that we wrote about um, um, video interview tips. So that's in the chat there if you want to just grab that link. Um, final question. So someone's put that um, they, they're in a, a current role where um, they're not getting much support um, and now being furloughed. Um, so if that person's then going to another interview, how do they put a positive spin around that sort of um, experience um, and really obviously not highlight the lack of development that persons have over that 18 month period? How would you, you don't, cause you, obviously when, you, when you've had a bad experience, you don't want to come across negative and call in that organisation. So has anyone got any advice about how you can overcome that? I, I think it'd be for me, I'd definitely write around not, be negative because when somebody asks the reason for leaving or the reason for looking but it goes back to being really clear as to what you want so focus more on the positive so what is it that you're looking for from your next role so you so you can be very much saying I don't know for example that you know you're wanting to have that flexibility or you're wanting somebody to support your career progression and your opportunity that you're looking for to develop is really important to you now so your turn a question to that new um, employee to ask those questions I think definitely, yeah, don't be dishonest, but also, as you said, don't be like really saying anything massively negative, but also think, have you, they might say, you know, what steps have you taken then to have those conversations with your current employees? So be prepared to have those, you know, be honest. It might be that you've spoke to your manager. So definitely honesty, but absolutely more about positive, about what you want. And those are the real reasons why you're looking to leave. Yeah, definitely. I always say around if you've got something that's negative to say, I always reframe it in the end in terms of, right, okay, well, this is what I would do or this is what I want. So you're not ending on that negativity point, but you're obviously reframing it in terms of what you've, like you said, what responsibility you've taken with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really important. And if you haven't had the chance to, you know, have those conversations for whatever reason with your manager, it is definitely, you know, saying like you said, what you would like to be doing or what you have tried to attempt to have yeah. those conversations to move it forward yeah absolutely that's fantastic so that brings us to the the end of our c word series webinars and um, thank you today to all of our panelists and um, thank you to all our um, attendees not just today over the course of this month it's been fantastic i think We've had just on top of my head near enough 600 people um, being involved in this series, which is absolutely fantastic. So thank you everybody who's been involved. There've been so many highlights around resources and information sharing and everyone's been so, so open with everybody who's attended. Like I said, you can catch up on the others with the, the link that'll be sent out. Um, and yeah, good luck everyone. Um, if anyone wants to reach out, we're all um, on LinkedIn. So please follow us, connect with us, etc. If you want to know any more, yeah, please do. Um, got some great thank yous and some positive comments and it won't be the end of a webinar if I don't have a wave even though I got told today I wasn't allowed to do a, a wave <laughs> I'm going to do a wave for the last one so everyone wave <laughs> <Waves are friendly. laughs> yeah. see you soon thank you